0: Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. because of the kindness of Jesus that this young man's life changes forever. And it's because of the kindness of Jesus that our lives also can be forever changed if we let him. And today we're going to talk about how that story continues because that young man's life was changed forever in that moment, but the story was far from over at that time. And today we're going to talk about the tale of two conversions. So we're going to finish reading this story. If there's any body part that comes to mind when I think about this theme that we're going through, it's, it's the sight, it's the vision, right? But this story is really a tale of two conversions. And so we're going to read this. And in John chapter 9, uh, we continue in verse 8 from where we just left off in that short video. So verse 8. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was, others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open? They asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked. I don't know. he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man, What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight, until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he could see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age, he'll speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple? We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Incredible, incredible story that we're gonna dive into here and like I mentioned you see two conversions take place in this story and we're gonna look we're gonna look at these two conversions and remember what Jesus said in verse 39 He says for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind remember this quote the same Sun that melts wax hardens clay the same Sun that melts wax hardens clay." So we'll talk first about this conversion of the young man. It was awesome. And just like any conversion or just like any time we come to faith in Christ, it's a progression. right? I didn't wake up one day and was just like, oh Jesus is Lord, I'm ready to live this life. It was, a, it was a progression. God had been working in my life for years and years and years and um, I I had incredible help studying the Bible and even that was a progression of its own and even now I'm still on this continuum. However it is a progression, right? So look at this conversion. First, this young man, a lot of people think he's a teen because they brought his parents in and then his parents said ask him, he is of age, meaning that He was young enough to where the Pharisees needed to ask his parents, or thought they needed to ask his parents, but he was old enough to where his parents was like, no, 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 he's of age. So the belief is that he was a teenager, a young man, right? All right, so the first step in his progression to this saving relationship with Christ is first he started with the knowledge of Jesus's name. In verse 11, he talks about the man they call Jesus, right? So he knows of Jesus, he's heard of Jesus, Jesus is a real person. He says, the man they call Jesus. The second step in his progression, in verse 17, when they ask him, what do you have to say about him? He says, he is a prophet. Okay, so now he's a little bit more than just the man they call Jesus. He's a prophet. Now the third step, believing that he comes from God. He is God, that, that it's, he's not just a special person. He is sent from God. And in verse 33 it says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Okay, all right. So we have the man, the prophet, man sent from God. And then we see the, the final step of this progression. It says, good confession in verse 38. It says, then the man said, Lord, I believed and he worshiped him. Right? So you can see there's steps along the way for this young man. It started with the opening of his eyes And then he was able to to move along that continuum uh, in his faith, even against persecution from the Pharisees, the fears of his parents, uh, the doubters, the naysayers. And he kept wanting to know more and more about Christ. And he didn't let anybody stop him from that, even to the point of preaching to the Pharisees. Do you want to become his disciples too? Right? He's fired up about who Jesus is you know where are you on your journey you know you know who Jesus is do you believe he was really here 2,000 years ago do you believe he's this is accurate I mean uh, historians it's a pretty undisputable fact that there was a man named Jesus 2,000 years ago do you believe he's someone special do you believe he's someone special to you do you believe he's come from God and is God have you made that step in your progression And finally, have you acted on this faith that you have and called him Messiah and called him Lord, which is the good confession we make at baptism? As I mentioned, coming to a saving faith is a progression. And to advance on this continuum, how did this kid do it? How did this young man do it? To advance on the continuum, it takes humility. It takes a willingness To admit we are blind, that without God we cannot see. That's what it takes. If we ever think we have it all figured out, we stop at that moment moving along this continuum of faith. This young man had humility and he had an open heart. Do we have that? Do you have that today? He allowed himself to continue to learn. He allowed himself to continue to grow, to continue to to know Jesus despite all the obstacles that would keep him from doing that. I think it's an awesome message for young people and teens And I'm a youth and family minister so I definitely have a heart for the the teens but not to let anybody dictate your faith or your belief right? Not to let anybody stop you from getting close to Jesus. I mean you see this this young man's passion, his heart, his zeal, even preaching to the teachers of the law and they're like what you're gonna preach to us? Right? That, that was his level of passion. How much does it mean to you to have a strong relationship with God? I mean, how much does it really mean to you? How important is that to you to have a strong relationship with God? And if it is important, if it's important enough, we will be humble. We will admit that we are blind, that we still have so much to learn, despite however much we think we might know about Jesus, about God, about the Bible. When we have the humility to ask Jesus for our sight, we can see some incredible things. I mean, this, this, this young man's life was forever changed, and our lives can be too when we have the humility to go to Jesus to learn. Have you ever been so wrong about something you thought you were so right about? <laughs> if you ask Lamisha, my wife, she'd be like, oh, I could list off a few things for Pat. Yeah, I've been wrong about a lot of things that I thought I was really right about. It's actually a, a common trap for me because I'm pretty passionate about whatever I'm thinking at the moment, right? So I have to stay in a a place of humility. Um, directions, right? You thought you knew the directions. You thought this is where the place was, but you were wrong, right? The start time of an event. You thought you were so right about when this event starts. Then you realize you're late. Oh. Uh, that's, a, that's a gut punch, right? The Zoom ID. You thought you knew. The Zoom ID. I can't tell you how many wrong Zoom ID links I've clicked in my emails and ended up in Zoom rooms that, uh, you know, I'm by myself, sad in a corner. And what happened? Where is everybody? <laughs> right? Or how about the date of, a, of an appointment? Right? Where you thought you were so right about this date and only to find out, no, that wasn't it. How about some bigger things? Some bigger questions. Your career path thought you were right about your career path, but it turned out it wasn't it. The university you go to, the classes you choose, the relationship you had, the person you thought would never wrong you, what you put your faith in, right? There's things in life where we think we're so right, but we could be so wrong. And this is what this passage is warning us against. Don't claim you can see when in fact, without God, we're all blind we have to have the posture of humility to see God to know God to move along the continuum in our faith journey and then with that humility and that openness of heart we're going to start to get spiritual insights we're going to begin to understand things i mean right now it feels like we're all in this wilderness of coronavirus and and all kind of different epic things of epic proportions right and it's like you can feel blind, you can feel bewildered. But as we go to Jesus, He can open our eyes. He can help us see. He can help us be aware of the spiritual realities all around us. And that is an incredible feeling. It's basically a superpower, right? You know, this teenager, he had more heart, faith, and conviction than even his own parents who feared being sick, uh, kicked out of the synagogue. It was awesome. And it was all because. He had a spirit of humility I mean that's what it takes if we want to be strong if we want to be faithful if we want to see it takes humility and being able to see having a close relationship with god it's worth it it's worth us being humble I want to lift up my um, boy Joel really quick he's a campus minister you know he taught um, the young adults in his previous church when i when I met him and um, he had every reason to be prideful and arrogant about his Bible knowledge to think. You know, I've arrived, I'm teaching other people now, you know? And so this idea that, that, that I would study the Bible with him, I could see him being arrogant or prideful, you know? And I was like, oh, I, I better come in ready, right? And as I, as I got to know Joel better and as we studied the Bible, I just saw his humility. Like he just kept asking questions. He kept wanting to learn more. And at each phase, when he realized that there was something missing in what he understood, about the Bible, about what he understood about discipleship, lordship, uh, repentance, baptism, at each point where he realized that there's something he needs to change. He was willing to. That's humility and because of his humility he was able to see God and, and he's doing incredible things uh, with the campus ministry and Lolly. and I'm so fired up. It's definitely one of my best friends and I'm so encouraged by his faith. It's an example to me and it's an example for all of us because No matter where we are, even if we've made Jesus Lord, we still have to keep this humility. God, without you, I'm blind, right? Now we're going to talk about this other conversion that takes place. This is a conversion from being able to see to blind. From thinking you know it all to not knowing anything. It's really a conversion of a hardness of heart, the completion of a hardening heart. Right, The completion of kind of the going to the dark side. And yeah, that sounds scary. And it, and it should kind of scare us all because it's a warning to the religious. right? Because Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. So it's a warning for all of us that claim to be Christians. And this is the other conversion. And it's also on a continuum. There's also movement, a progression. You, you don't just wake up one day and say, I hate God. I hate Jesus. You don't just wake up and say, oh, I, don't, I don't think I want a relationship with God anymore. That is a progression. And so we're gonna look at the Pharisees' progression. In verse 16, it starts off with debate and division, right? They say, How can a sinner perform such signs? it says, So they were divided. Hey, we all had some good, healthy debates, right? We're all we're all we all like that. So this is where it starts for them, right? With with, with a debate, with some division. Then it leads to a judgment, right? In verse 24, it says, they're talking to this kid, It says, give glory to God by telling the truth. They said, we know this man is a sinner. Started with this divide. Now a conclusion is made based on their debate, right? He says, we know, they say, we know this man is a sinner. They put Jesus in a box. They judged him. They said, we've concluded because we can see. So we know that he is a sinner. The third thing, they acted as well on their faith that Jesus is a sinner. So that led them to action. And what did they do? They expelled this young man. They say to him, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Now their faith had deeds, but it was not the type of faith and deeds that we want to have as Christians. It's a progression and this should scare us all that this progression does not happen overnight. It happens day by day. It happens decision by decision, right? Yes, the revelation of Jesus can soften our hearts, but it can also harden our hearts. And this is what happened to the Pharisees. They didn't see the miracle and they just focused on everything that Jesus was doing wrong. They focused on the fact that he didn't obey the Sabbath and they missed the miracle and they missed Jesus because they were critical. And that is the condition of their spiritual blindness. They had a critical, untrusting eye on Jesus. And this is a warning to all of us. Whenever we think we're on our high horse or our ivory tower or on our mountaintop and we can look down at other people and say, I know this is when we get critical, right? This is when we're most tempted to be critical. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If our eyes are healthy, our whole body is gonna be full of light. If we can look at the world as people are friends, people care about people care about me, people love me, right? Or, or people are, are awesome, they're not so bad, right? If we can look at the world like, or this person is worthy of love. Whatever the case may be, like that's gonna change the way you uh, take in information as you walk through the world right but these Pharisees they were critical they looked for the wrong in in Jesus in every situation how are we doing with that are you critical do you look for the wrong do you so easily give in to mistrust do you look for the wrong in your brothers and sisters in Christ do you look for the wrong in your family Do you look for the wrong in your parents? Do you look for the wrong in your kids? Do you look for the wrong in your friends? Do you look for the wrong in your leaders? Do you look for the wrong in your church? Do you look for the wrong in the Bible? Oh, look at all these contradictions, or why does it say this is... Look, we can totally wrestle, struggle with things, but are we just looking for the wrong? That's the difference. If we look for the wrong, if we're critical, it is spiritual blindness. It's a part of being spiritually blind. And I know none of us want to be, right? Do you love people, or do you just look for the wrong in other people? You know, for me, when I'm not connected to God, it's really hard to love people. I can get critical. If I'm not close to God, if I'm not praying, if I'm not reading my Bible, I can get critical. You know, one of my favorite things that I'm doing right now Is uh, at the end of every day Lamisha and I would just pray together we pray together and then we talk about everything that God showed us in our prayers and it's this it's one of our most favorite times uh, of the day because we both go into this prayer time knowing God's gonna show us a bunch of things and then we're able to share with each other what God you know basically kind of revealed to us in our prayers and it's so encouraging but when I'm not connected to God I'm critical I can be unloving. I can start looking at people funny. I can start looking at my wife a little funny. I can look at Jacob. How Lamisha said to me, how could you ever look at Jacob funny? Well, you'd be surprised. I mean, if he's whining a little bit more, if I'm not close to God, I'm like, what's going on? I can be critical. Oh, we need to, you know, work on him and train him this and that, right? You can get weird when you're not close to God, especially right now in this wilderness that we're in. It's easy to get in your own thoughts and your own feelings and just let those things stew and marinate because we have more time to let them stew and marinate. We have less things that break up that thought, right? Where we could just go to church and see each other. when we could just go to the gym and go work out. Where we could go, right? Th- these things break that up. But now there's a little bit more time to think about those things. So we need to fight back. We need more humility to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. I want to be able to see. I want to understand what's going on. I don't want to be critical. How do you know if you're spiritually blind right now? How do you know? I have a couple questions. Do you only see the wrong right now? Are you critical? Do you seldom encourage anyone? Do you seldom connect with God? Do you keep an untrusting eye on others? Is there anyone you've written off or judged? This is really important because we can't be critical of people and claim that we love them. We can't write people off and claim that we love them. We can't give up on people and claim that we love them. And we can't throw stones at people and claim that we love them. And if we can't love people, then we can't claim we love God. This is why it's so important that we love people. We can all say we love somebody, I can say I love you, you can say you love me, but people know when we love them. I get it, you know, we may be hurt sometimes. There's that saying that hurt people hurt people, right? We may feel it, I'm not saying bury those things, I'm not saying suppress those things, I'm saying talk about it, talk to God about it, confess it. I was talking to LaMisha recently and I was like, you know, and she, she mentioned this too. And we've talked about this a little bit that, you know, confession is kind of, it, it's not as common as it probably should be. To, to go to somebody and say, I just want to confess some, th- some stuff, right? I just want to be open about some stuff. I want, to, I want to confess. Because when you frame it that way, you're taking accountability and you're acknowledging that it's wrong. But sometimes when we want to be open, it's like we can almost justify why we're hurt and it really becomes more about what, what that person did wrong rather than, hey, I want to confess. I'm struggling with anger, right? And I think we should do that a lot more to say, hey, I want to confess. I want to be open because what's at stake? The ability to see. The ability to move along the continuum in a good direction and what happened to the Pharisees was, was they moved in the opposite direction along the continuum they, they allowed it just to keep going right despite I'm sure many warnings that they could stop it and we have to be careful about this hardening of our hearts as we as we read the teachings of Jesus that, that as we harden our hearts we can get to a point Of our hearts being permanently hardened. So you harden for for some teaching of Jesus. Then you harden your heart again. Then you harden your heart again. And eventually you could just be your heart can be permanently hardened. And it is scary. And If you look at Pharaoh that's what happened. It said Pharaoh hardened his heart after he saw a miracle and then Pharaoh hardened his heart again. Eventually it says God hardened his heart. And that's what that's talking about. It's that this sun that's come it has a different effect on different hearts right it affects wax differently than it affects clay it will harden clay but it will melt wax what's the condition of our heart today in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 through 8 it says so as the Holy Spirit says today if you hear his voice today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness guys don't harden your heart we're in the wilderness but don't harden your heart during this time of testing. Don't harden your hearts when God asks you to forgive. Don't harden your heart when God asks you to love that person that that's hard to love. Don't harden your heart when God asks you to serve even though you would rather be comfortable. Don't harden your heart when God asks you to get on Zoom even though you don't like being on Zoom. Don't harden your heart when God wants you to take care of yourself. Don't harden your heart when God asks you to be still. Some teachings of Jesus, yes, they will make us bristle. But don't harden your heart when you read it. And don't harden your heart when you read about the call of discipleship. Don't harden it when you read about repentance. Don't harden your heart when you read about baptism as being necessary for salvation. Do not harden your heart as you read these teachings. We have to be so careful about hardening our hearts to the words of God. Yes, Jesus teaches some hard things. But don't let it harden your heart. Which of t- Jesus' teachings make you bristle? right? Which of Jesus' teachings are really hard? That's okay. All right? it's, it's okay that it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to get to the heart. right? Let's talk about it. Be open about it. You can't just make it not hard. right? So get some help with it. Say, I'm blind, but I want to see. I don't understand this passage, but I want to get it. I want to see it. Right, And we can get to where we want to be. We all have an opportunity now, no matter where we've been, right? whether we're just beginning our journey with Christ, we've been walking with Jesus for a long time, to all of us get on our knees and say, God, I am blind. I want to see. And I need you to help me see things spiritually right now. We can all do that together. If you're watching today, we can all do that. No matter what's happened in the past, no matter wh- what the last conversation was we had, we can all say, God, I'm blind without you, but I want to see. Help me see. You know, the story started with the opening of the eyes of a teen that was born blind, and it ended with a conversation on spiritual blindness. The Pharisees thought, or the disciples did too, that this kid suffered because of some sin. Jesus says the real sin is, is thinking you can see when you are in fact blind. That is the message of this passage. Thinking you can see when you are in fact blind. And right now, we're all in the wilderness. The wilderness is designed to reveal things about ourselves, to expose things, and to really learn to rely on God. What is the wilderness revealing about you right now? How is your trust in God? What is the wilderness exposing in you right now? How are you doing with seeing what's going, in, going on spiritually? Do you feel like you can see spiritually right now? The same sun that melts wax hardens clay. Jesus has a different effect on different people. And I pray that our hearts can be melted by Christ and His love. And our problems along with that melt away, our stress along with that melts away, our anxiety, our depression, all these things can melt along Along with that love that just can come in and fill us all up as we begin to see life anew. I pray for all of us that we could just let go. That we could just let go and we could just stop fighting whatever it is we're fighting the call to be a disciple, uh, this or that situation, the, the fight against certain teachings of Christ, right? That we could just, all right, God, you got it all. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.